The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Wolf and Bull podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Daremore Media, the Wolf and Bull, or its affiliates. The Wolf and Bull podcast is not responsible and does not verify the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast is for expressive listening entertainment. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Wolf and Bull Podcast. I am the Wolf, and that's what I sound like. And with me, I also have... I am the Bull. Yeah, yeah. And we have a wonderful episode for you, per usual. It is going to be quite an exciting one. But first, I want to thank our viewers and listeners for tuning in to another excellent episode. Uh, We have a special guest in the studio. It seems to be a common theme, just regular episode. theme. Special guest, special guest, special guest, regular episode. I love it. It is exciting. It is fun. And it, the owner of Americano Ammunition Coffee. Sorry, I had a little bit of a brain lapse there. Uh, and the Big Tin Cotton Gin in Queen Creek, Santan Valley area of Arizona. Welcome to the show, Kevin Valentine. Hi. Thanks for having me. Appreciate oh, of it. course. Awesome to have of course. You. Yeah. yeah. We just, I just love the name of the, uh, the coffee shop. Well, yeah, it's I mean, it's, I it's really do. incredible. Yes. It really is. Because I was I was I was telling Kevin uh, and, you know, Beowulf, she's here, but she's not in the episode. Uh, we were talking about how it's just impossible to find like a normal coffee shop in our area. Like everything is just it's it's it, wonderful dessert flavored coffee. And well, sometimes you just want you just want everything has been coffee, franchised you know? to death as well. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, especially sure. as you get a business being bigger and bigger. But having said that, just the. The familiarity of something local and quality is is missing in a lot of places these days. Yeah. So, Kevin, how you been? I heard that you got back from like a backwoods trip. Could we elaborate? We. Uh, so I've got a seven month old at home. So I decided okay. I was oh, going to go man. camping for Thanksgiving because that seems you know really smart. With a seven month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we picked up a rented a twenty four foot trailer and drug it back in some roads that shouldn't have a twenty four foot trailer on it. Kind of got stuck and turned around mm. and. Spent a few nights in the cold and made our way back home. So man, it was man. it was good. You know what? Those are those are great adventures that turn into unbelievable stories later on. Yeah. Especially when that seven month old is seventeen, eighteen and That's you know. exactly right. And yeah. just making memories. Just trying yeah. to trying to do something that's fun. I, I don't ever have a normal experience uh camping or in business or anything. <laughs> so I just keep it rolling. Yeah. You know, that's you know awesome. small business in general is an adventure. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe out in the middle of the woods in the cold on a twenty-four foot with with no real road in front of you. But eh. oftentimes it might feel like that. It's yeah. kind of become yeah. like that recently. To be completely honest, I mean the broad scheme of things, we are definitely in the bumpy backwoods section of time. It's it's been <laughs> so. Um, I, I lack of a better way to put it. It's it's been so overregulated. Almost all small business. I'm sure we're going to get into this a little bit as we go. Yeah, on. yeah, we will. Uh, but it's it's fantastic seeing you again. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's nice meeting you first time. You know, yes. so it's it's very uh, very. Yeah, uh, I was I, I, first time I went into his place. I had a cup of I don't even remember what it was, but I was bouncing off the walls for about three hours after that. Mm. So that's, that's the kind of place you love. Yeah, you know, there's something about warm caffeine. I don't I don't know if it's my physiology or not. Cold caffeine doesn't do it for me. No. I gotta have hot caffeine. It's all about the cold caffeine. 
No way. Calf- yeah. No. Yeah. Not me, man. See, I disagree. I disagree. You're well, wrong. It's, I mean, you're wrong. Flat, flat out, you're wrong. Us millennials. Or not us. You're a millennial now? <laughs> I'd like to be the a millennial. The bull identifies as a millennial. You're a millennial. I'm a boomer now. The bull is a millennial. Everybody, everybody watching switched, this went, switched. how did that millennial get that gray beard? Yeah, why? why? <laughs> you know, you've become no. really negative against boomers, bull. I've been meaning to tell you. You know, you're I was going to tell you that. Every podcast we have, I'm pro-millennial, anti-boomer. It's It's great. This has been Inception. This is Inception yeah, exactly. by Wolf and Bull. But so you yeah, don't know this, but I mean, it's, that was an inside. We had a long, joke, long discussion. About it's it. like we will not get through this whole thing today without him criticizing. Well, boomers well, here's the thing is, 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 is I've I've almost gotten to a point where I've kind of like, for lack of a better word, I've kind of like mind effed the bull a little bit because then he brings it up and he's i'm doing he's doing the work for me you know how that i mean something that has nothing to do and he's like wait a second what do you mean it's great for all you know that could be like reverse reverse psychology i was was gonna say i think that's like a double reverse that's that's crazy it's like you're getting a double shot of cappuccino i mean if it's cold any shot any shot if it's cold unless of course you're like in Italy, and you ask for an espresso, they don't give it to you. Anything other than thimble. scalding hot, There's little tiny thimbles over there too. Yeah, I've had it. It's great. Is it? The cup's like that big, and you have to like shoot it. Yeah, yeah. at least that's yeah. what they told me as I screamed as it seared my throat. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, before we get started, just a reminder for our listeners and our viewers: if you like what you hear and you like what you see, go ahead and find you can find our content on Instagram. You can also find our content on YouTube. I believe Instagram is the Wolf and Bull, and then YouTube is at the Wolf and Bull Podcast. But I think I should jump into the monologue. I think you should. I've got a very special one. So let me go ahead and EQ this properly. America, the land of the free, the defining identity of America, first formulated by Thomas Jefferson, includes liberty, equality, justice, and humanity. According to Harry Truman, America was not built on fear, but built on courage, on imagination, and an unbeatable determination to do the job at hand. America was founded with revolutionary ideas, transcendental ideology, and a commitment to what was believed to be the ultimate form of freedom. This worldview, over the decades, trickled into all areas of American culture, from business to entertainment to even religion. American culture and ingenuity were stoked by the desire to be great. Over time, though, that desire for greatness devolved into a desire for equality, which devolved into a desire for equity. In the mid-1800s, Alexis de Tocqueville once said, or mused in his writings uh, titled Democracy in America, that Americans are so enamored of equality that they would rather be equal in slavery than unequal in freedom. Slavery takes different forms. The forms most prevalent today are neatly tucked away and disguised as comfort, security, virtue, and empathy. Unironically, these forms of subjugation are reflected throughout American culture, and especially in a good portion of American workplaces. Unattainable levels of safety, inoffensiveness, and agreeableness have been elevated in preference over liberty and ultimately the dream that many of us bought into one way or another. Benjamin Franklin once said that any society that would give up a little liberty to gain a a little security will deserve neither and lose both. Due to our innate desire for security, many small businesses and many livelihoods were decimated. Unilateral decisions made on behalf of the unaffected restricted, in many ways, innovation, quality of service, achievement, and economic norms. Yet, many complain today as if it were impossible to see the economic writing on the wall. Again, as Alexis de Tocqueville once said, the American Republic will endure until the day Congress discovers that it can bribe the public with the public's money. 
That's why, in this episode, we invited Kevin Ballantyne onto the show to discuss the impact of the most recent changes when it comes to the last years of small business and big corporations, the effects that they've had on businesses, and how operating a small business in 2022 America has changed. And I am buzzing. Your coffee is incredible. I am, I am literally... Uh, hey, that was a great monologue, I, though. I really enjoyed that. And other than stumbling over the coffee. You know, Benji's quote It's okay. There, the which, coffee was just which flowing I, through I, me. I think is it's one of my favorite ones. In society that would give up a little liberty to gain a little security will deserve neither and lose both. Yeah. That's kind of a powerful freaking statement for somebody that was around 250 years ago. You yeah. Know? He was a he was a mischievous little guy. He was oh. <laughs> he was incredible. As a matter of fact, yeah. did, did, has Hot B done him yet? Not yet. No, that didn't sound right, did it? Has History of the Box. Done? Okay, History yeah, of the you box. better yeah, you know, qualify that properly. History of the Box. Another yeah. podcast. Yeah, there's an right. entire search category on the internet titled Hot B, and you don't want to search it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I uh, honestly. I don't want to get super political today. I really don't. I know I brought up those things. I, I brought up those say, quotes. It was not was meant like heavy and political. Well, it was it was more and justice for all. Kinds. Yeah. Right? It's really political. It's more just that's yeah. just America. I yeah, mean, you know that, that right is a there weird, is, that's a really differentiator. It is because, and that's kind of what we strive to do at the coffee shop. I mean, we sell coffee mm-hmm. and we sell ammo and. What is more American than either of those? But what is not? We're not a political company. Mm-hmm. I don't have to say. Uh, the only thing I stand for is the Second Amendment. Yep. And and that's it. And that shouldn't be a political thing in this country. It, it's given to us as a right. And uh, if you if you break it down on that level, it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so when you say you don't want to get political, and that's where my business is, is I stand for one thing and one thing only. Yeah, uh, maybe you, know, you make a really good point, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I think I have to uh, back up because I think, and this is this. I don't. This is not just me. This is not just the boomer in me. I think this is millennial. The, yes, must be the the millennial <laughs> coming out in me somewhere. I don't know, but I, I tend to fall into the category of of starting to view things through a lens of politics, even when I don't want to. Mm. And it's because of the environment out there these days, I think. And I think you're absolutely right on to correct me with that. I and, really do. And because that that is, that's completely, completely true. Um, I, when I break it down on, on my level, it's there is there is what is American and what is not American values. And the polarizing politics and the identity politics that we live in today don't allow for that. Because, frankly, I don't think that that's what they want you to think. Because you stay divided amongst yourselves and you'll never be successful as a country. And, frankly... The people that are in charge really want that, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I think that once you can stop looking at it through that lens of is it either right or is it left, you can succeed. I mean, if you turn off the news and you talk to your neighbors, you have more in common than they tell you that you don't. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that if we were able to do that as a society, we would be able to succeed. And I think that out here in Arizona where where we are – there is still the hope of that because people um, I'm born and raised. I'm a native. My parents are natives. We've been here for a long time. You guys are new here and we love the fact that people moving here that want to celebrate and, and live like us and live free like us and not bring those politics this way. And if you can have free thinkers that will uh, essentially prioritize freedom and, and, um, 
loving, good natured. I'm trying to think where I'm going to go with this. No, so I think I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I, I lost my. I lost no, my, it's I think good. you hit it though because and earlier before we got on air, uh, you'd mentioned uh, sitting in your cul-de-sac or on your street or wherever, kind of out front, mm-hmm. right? Not in the backyard, out front, garage open, probably cracking one or two, and, and saying hi to the neighbors and yeah. I mean, one place in the last 30 years that I've lived in California, one place did that. You know where I'm talking about, too. You Downtown know. L.A., uh, Skid Row. <laughs> <laughs> no, no but, but the funny thing is, is there were just a bunch of guys around my same age at that time, and, you know, the backyards butted up against a green belt so nobody could see each other. So kind of if you wanted to socialize, you were out front. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that is, they were as diverse as the, the the neighbor next door from India, the guy across the street that was a mortgage broker, the guy behind me that was a trucker. The guy, I mean, and I didn't know what politics they had. Didn't care. No. And wouldn't it be nice to have that happen again? Well, someday? well I think the thing that's interesting to me is how, especially today, the, you know, by proxy, not intended. Well, not intended by the populace, but by like proxy of what people listen to and what they they view and what they read, they've almost been put in like personally their own little boxes, boxes of ideology and that's a form of slavery in my opinion and, and what i mean by that is you know, look this show is about making friends i've said that to each and every one of our guests i'll say that to all of our listeners and viewers it's about making friends about getting to know people i don't care what their background is or their story is as long as we can talk and it, it's just it's unfortunate that in today's day and age it's like we just can't have that normally you know yeah it, it's 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 just really dis- disappointing well, I, I, we talk a lot on this podcast about getting into an echo chamber, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 <laughs> yes. and you're, you're sitting in a place where you know it's comfortable and you know you're going to hear something back from somebody that you've kind of heard yourself in your own head, maybe. Those are nice, comfortable places, but they're a bit dangerous as well. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I, I, at least on this podcast, I know, you know, the wolf and I are, are wide open. It doesn't matter who we have. I don't care. I don't care. I, I'm, I, I would want to hear opinions from every side. And I am open enough, and I know the wolf is open enough to other people's opinions to actually go, hmm, maybe they're right about this. Maybe mm. I've been thinking about this wrong, etc. I mean, you've already mentioned in the first minute something that I didn't even see in myself a moment ago. And I, being Mr. Introspective Boomer at the moment, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I've got to stop putting that lens over the, across the top of things sometimes. Because it's really easy to do now. It is. It is. It really is. Especially in the in the post COVID world that we live in. I mean, you're still fighting about masks. You're still fighting about vaccines. You're still fighting about all of these different things. And unless you are intentional about, I'm going to think about it in a different way. You can. You can get into that echo chamber, and you can you can be inside your own head and it really only makes your own life more miserable yeah right everyone else is going to still be pissed off around you but if you change and you're able to do that you might be able to make the change in in your neighbors you might be able to get people that think differently to to actually take your opinion and vice versa because there's a lot of opinions now i'm like oh i should have thought a little Mm -hmm. bit different about that because you know this and that but it's i think that it really um, if you take that away, you have more in common with your neighbors and the people around you than you mm. really know. Well, that, that's that's what matters, right? I mean, because we're it's 
not like I'm living next to Don Lemon. Okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not I'm not living to, next to Fox News hosts. I'm living next to normal people, and and I think that a lot of us should you know keep that in mind. Um, but before we jump into uh, the nitty gritty or any further into the nitty gritty, yeah. uh, Kevin, I would love to know, and I'm sure our audience and viewers would love to know, you know, more about your background. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your time within the coffee industry so uh, far? So I, if we're gonna we got some time. I'll go through the whole thing. Let's do um, so we got into gun shows. My dad was a, a gun show promoter for a while. Uh, we were doing small shows around the state, and uh, we came across. We needed a venue in the Santan area. We found the Big Ten Cotton Gin, and it was uh, it was a long, long road to make it a nice venue. But we were able to secure the lease on it and and take it over and kind of transform the place from just an old building that used to be a co op cotton gin and we can talk about community just in the in the basis of how that started but um the the transformation into a wedding venue and into a a space that was multi-use that was uh local and and people have always remembered this building and have always been uh around it it's been around since the since the 50s i mean it's Mm. a staple in the community and that's kind of what we wanted to create was a space that the doesn't just get taken over and leveled and made into new track homes because yeah. that's everywhere else. Let's save a piece of the community. So I uh, took over the building and uh, my mom is actually the one who runs that side of the business. And in uh, February of 2020, mm-hmm. right before COVID started, she needed a new partner. So I jumped in I quit my nine to five and, and got into that business. And from there uh, we've just kind of expanded into a, a, a multifaceted little corner of of queen creek um we were it's a great corner too it's gonna be just surrounded man thank you they once it's once all this construction's done and everything looked good it's it's gonna be a staple in the community for years to come um but to get back into the the coffee thing we started um selling um black rifle coffee at our gun shows Mm -hmm. and kind of just started moving as an independent distributor of theirs and uh, as they grew, uh, we decided that our values really weren't aligned and mm. we decided to, to try and find a, a better product. Mm. We uh, were able to get connected with a local uh, guy who's been roasting for longer than I've been alive. And we uh, made it, hit it off, made a really good connection. And we started um, selling, selling this coffee and using that coffee. And we've kind of got together, made a couple new roasts that are, that are strictly our own. And in uh, the end of 2020 the building that we're in right now came available for lease we decided to see what happens and take a take a stab at it and took it over we didn't know what we were going to do with the building we knew we were good at selling ammo at the gun shows and stuff like that and i knew that i liked coffee so we kind of just morphed together one day the ideas kind of came together and it was like a light switch turned on and we decided that coffee and ammo is going to be what we're going to do and now we're in the coffee business that's very cool thank you very cool yeah, really, it really is a great story, and that that cotton gin's been around since the fifties. Of course, cotton is one of the what is there the five C's five. or four C's of five C's of Arizona. Yeah, and I, I know don't ask me. I'm copper not. and cotton. <laughs> I'm and copper, cotton, cattle, citrus, and climate. Hmm. Citrus, citrus. We used to produce massive amounts of citrus. That's why. Um, like up, if you go up into the northern Mesa area, there's oh, that's right, that's the, groves. the orange groves are yeah, there. A lot of them, yeah. There's a lot smaller than when I was a kid. A lot, lot smaller than when my dad was a kid. But mm-hmm. there was still that, and we used to produce, yeah, Florida wow. and Arizona. That's where you get huh. the, yeah. 
Huh, I didn't even know that. Well, I come from avocado land. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's literally everything's an avocado. <laughs> Trees are made of avocados. The people made of avocados. I mean, it's just literally, it's, yeah. So I, yeah, actually, if you take a slice of avocado and put it on anything, it's a California something. Oh, my God. You know, it, so. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. And most of those avocados don't come from California anymore anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah. they, they come from Mexico. So. Yeah. Avocados from Mexico. That, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, I would consider myself kind of a, an apathetic Californian. You know, obviously, like the the weather over there is pretty great. Um, the uh, social, cultural, political issues, not quite so much. Um, so, you know, when my wife and I moved here, stumbling upon, you know, your coffee shop was actually kind of a blessing because not only is it like just a little ways down the street from us, but it's actually just regular coffee, yep. um, which is great. It's great. Well, you know, um, you know. The roasting part of it is is real interesting to me because I you know that's kind of a form of chemistry really it is it's an art form and and do do, does your coffee house can more than just brand that it's like your formula right yep it's our it's our mix of of different different beans from yeah and from different places in the world that's where you get your flavor it's the soil that the mm, coffee bean right. is grown in and that's what makes it and have that, the, that's the what makes these these coffee houses so famous too yeah, yeah. they'll oh, get yeah. one or two things that are just a little bit different than somebody else all of a sudden it's word of mouth yep everywhere yep. right yep. so that's yeah that's that's you throw a few bullets into yeah top make of it, it pop then, you know, it's yeah. really it's good just <laughs> a little bit of the, the secret sauce in there you know <laughs> <Yeah. open one. laughs> this will really get them going guys <laughs> yeah no it's i i think there definitely needs to be especially the last few years uh you know a resurgence um even though some individuals would disagree with me i think there needs to be a resurgence of small businesses um and growth in that area even though the numbers have never been higher not going to get political promise uh but it's, well, it's just become way way harder yeah that's all and yeah. arizona is is got a uh i was going to say easier but that's it's not easy for anybody no. uh it, but it is less regulated than some other places i don't know about your industry in particular but a lot of small businesses would rather be in a, a state like arizona or mm-hmm. nevada or somewhere like that than california for oh, sure oh yeah but state, it doesn't matter it's still tons of stuff tons of yeah. hoops you have to jump through it is and a ton uh, in the state but not just in the state but i'm in pinell county and mm. pinell county sheriff lamb you guys are very familiar with what yes, he does are. he yeah. is very pro freedom and pro right just get to business and get it done mm-hmm. and pinell county has actually been way way awesome for us um getting mm-hmm. us through i i don't know what i'm doing i'm I, I had a regular nine to five before I did this, trying to get plans for a coffee shop pushed through the government. I, yeah, that's not my forte, and they have really helped out. I've got a lot of good people, and it's the same. It's the same kind of idea, though. It's it's community based. The people there, they have my personal cell phone number, and he gives me a call when he's got a question for me. He doesn't, you know, write formal letters to me and, and do stuff like. Maricopa right. County might do. Right. Yeah. And it's it's much more laid back and relaxed. And that's been a big thing is but yes, for, for business, pro business, Arizona and Pinell County is the place to mm-hmm. this is the place to be for a small business. But it's still tough. Um there's a lot of stuff that you don't really realize is involved in just drawing plans and how they have to be specific different things and, and it's been really awesome to work with some people that just want to get me open. Just want yeah. because we need tax revenue out here too. They know that. They know that my sales tax revenue helps the the community, helps their jobs. And mm-hmm. and as the as we grow out here, if you're just hindering it with red tape, you're never going to grow. Your your economy is never going to grow. It's 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 just common knowledge. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously from a governmental standpoint, there's got to be a balance between how you grow and why you grow, what you're looking to grow into, what types of businesses, and all that kind of, stuff. and that's fine. 
But having someone to help you through the regulatory, you know, minefield to get to where you are with the understanding that they really want you to be in business is half the battle. It more is. than half the battle. It, it really is. It really is. And I think that a lot of times, um, I don't know what it's like in California, but I could assume that... Red tape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, avocado and red tape. Avocado and yeah, red tape. Give me an avocado which and is, wrap Which is so tape. crazy because yeah. I've heard that avocados take so much water to produce, but yet California still prides themselves. I, it just, it's, look, it, it's, it, it is a 4D chess level of thinking. I've attempted <laughs> to do it and I can't do it. So I'm right there with you. California doesn't doesn't do shit with the avocados. Anymore. Well, I'll Sorry tell to you, say that. They, uh, they've, they've abandoned it completely the highway we used to live along in san diego was called the avocado freeway because of the 60s and 70s that in all the time that was where the majority of avocados if you got them in the united states they came from that area well yeah no longer matter of fact we we looked into to uh, moving to a place that had like an avocado farm on it yeah we were gonna my wife's name is jackie and we're gonna call it holy (laughs) jackamole well now the plan's gone we didn't well, trademark that. That's yeah. gone now. Unless I want to move to Mexico and buy a big farm Jeez down there, Louise, then that's it could have been the, Wolf and Bull's primary product. We'd have let you. We'd let you spice it up too, because yeah, you're yeah. Mister Spicy. I, just, I, I am in a wolf, lot of ways. The wolf yeah, likes. I don't know what. What is the the thing that the spices? What's the the when I go level, to when I go yeah when I called? go to an Indian food restaurant oh, I get God. a ten. Wow. Really? I like pain. Yeah, oh. that's a it's a reminder that I'm still alive. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pain it's is just weak, weakness leaving the body. That's exactly. all it is. See, he, he understands. <laughs> he understands. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny because when I first walked when I first walked into uh, Americano Ammunition Coffee, I I did I one I didn't do any research, so I had no idea what to expect. So like, that's a really cool name. And I walked in, I turned right, and I'm like, oh. Wow, that would never happen in California. Oh, no. So I have to sure, imagine no. the the design and development process was a little bit of a I wouldn't say like pulling hair here so much, but definitely in California. I mean, you'd have to sacrifice your firstborn child and oh yeah, bow down to I, local I don't celebrities. Think, I don't think there's any way that you could have that shot. No, I don't think so. No, no way. There's not. No there's not. No way. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's the biggest thing we get is people actually come in like, oh my god, you really do sell ammo? I'm like. Yeah, I guess I didn't make that clear enough. But yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flags out there say little, ammo for sale, uh, drive through. A little <laughs> yes in between air, Americano and ammunition. <laughs> yeah. Americano, yes, comma, ammunition. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's hilarious. It is. It's, uh, but that's the fun part about it is is to get people. So um, doing that, we do gun shows down here. We're very um, into the community. People know us. They, they're repeat customers at the gun show every time we have it. And... Uh, when we opened it up, it, they were just ecstatic about it. And then mm-hmm. they were the the part that they got excited about was the coffee because yeah. coffee is either like super corporate here or there is no good quality small coffee yeah. shops, which baffles me. I still can't figure it out. I, I don't I don't get it either. There really aren't. No, no. Like, look, look, I, I'm like, I don't want to like take a giant dump on Starbucks. Okay. I've been there plenty of times. Like it's, if I need a coffee and I'm in the middle of nowhere and there's a Starbucks, just like with McDonald's, I'll like go ahead and have some, you know, like, oh, oh no. But like in California, the difference between here, you know, here in California is California, like every other street would either have like a mom and pops Mexican food restaurant place, an Indian food restaurant place or a coffee shop. Yep. And here it's just Starbucks and I think yep. some other the ones. Black, uh, what's Black? Black Rock. Black, Black Rock. Rock's Black the other Rock. one. Not the, not the company that's buying all the American property. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. 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 Same thing. I don't maybe. Know. Wouldn't that be a <laughs> Inception-like scenario? <laughs> What's his name? Larry Page? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> He just gives you his drinks. Oh, I just come to Black Rock. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, it's, 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 it's just strange. I've, I've never had that experience in my life where it's just really hard to find like a really just 
general coffee shop that isn't Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. Yeah. But, you, but you know what, Kevin? You, you made a comment earlier that, uh, and this was a non-political comment, about, you know, hey, the Second Amendment. You know, it's, it's, it, it's part of who we are as Americans, and it's obviously integrated into your business plan. It is. Right? It's at the core of it. I mean, that's, that is what I am. Um, and I think that that really it makes me different. Obviously, it makes me different than, say, Black Rifle and, and those things, right? They're really cool. And, you know, they got awesome videos and really cool T-shirts and stuff. But do they sell ammo? No, I do. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of like a, a prideful thing for me. Is it, it, At the core of my business, I care about the Second Amendment and I care about freedom. And I think that uh, if we can instill those values into people that are moving to Arizona from a place like New York or California that don't agree with how we think. And if we can show them that guns aren't scary, it's not like when you watch the news and and everything like that. Mm -hmm. It's we're just people with a hobby Mm -hmm. that happen to use a, a a firearm. I mean, that's, there's no different than doing anything else. I mean, it's just, it's a hobby and, and practice safely and smartly. We could really um, benefit from that because it's the a firearm is a great equalizer. If you think about it in in the world, um, it it makes people that you know necessarily couldn't fight if something happened to them. If somebody broke into their house, a, a gun makes that fight equal. And really, when it when you boil it down, it is an integrated part of our country because our founding fathers saw a point that the government did not was not going to want you to have a firearm to defend yourself because of something they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it isn't, it's not at all a political thing. It's, it's an American thing and that we should be celebrated by every American. And truthfully, when you, when you think about things logically, if you, if you're, if the government was trying to force people to, to, um, turn in their guns and everything, which they always talk about a million times. Hey, they did the, in Australia. The, worked yeah, way in that, Australia, the, real great right sure. down there. They, they got a, now they've got a proliferation of dingoes out there because it's <laughs> too many of them. Anyway, but the point is the criminals are still going to get their hands on the guns anyway. That's exactly right. And, and the, the crime is what you're trying to prevent. Not, not law-abiding well, citizens from having a, a tool that can be used to hunt or protect yourself. That's right? exactly right. So. Well, I think that the because uh, this is a Second Amendment friendly house. So, uh, and I think I would assume like everybody on the street is friendly to it, and that's fine. If um, they're not, they're not. It's the, the, each their own. Exactly, but. and that's the thing that I like coming from that perspective of being like in the middle on a lot of things. Like, I just want people to leave each other alone. Like, it's like it, like look, if you if you don't like what someone's doing, as long as they're not doing it directly to you, which I'm sure somebody could be like. They're like they, they could probably scream and yell on the line about it, but if if they're not doing it directly, you just let them be. Just let them be. Yeah, um, and that's that's something that uh, I just I, I think one you know uh, you know in your company definitely is reflected. I mean, I I go into Starbucks and I get like apathetic smiles. I go to your company, I get smiles. Yeah. So you know it's it's nice. People are happy to actually you know serve you, and then the quality of the drinks is fantastic. Um, so that's that's a plus there, along with that support of you know, traditional American freedoms as we should all have. Uh, I would love to know what is your favorite thing about running a business? That's, that's, yeah. Like how I threw that a little wow. Most business owners eighty four miles an hour. All the negative stuff they're trying wow. to overcome. I, I all the that's exactly. I, I'm like, oh, he God. sits on the mound. He pulls back. There's a ninety seven mile an hour slurve ball slider curve. Slurve, slurve. I like that. That's a real. That's a real, real pitch. I've never it's, heard of it as a slurve. It's real. Thing. It's very real. He it's just threw rare. a slurve ball. He did. Apparently, he did. <laughs> I would say the favorite thing about running 
a business and run a small business like I have is the fact that I get to spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I are business partners in this along with my dad. So I, I work directly on, alongside with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the, the, the other half of my brain and she is the one who can get the government stuff done and, and mm-hmm. helped and, and Come on, through. be honest, Kevin. She's three quarters of your brain, yeah, right? Yeah, Isn't that? Seven I mean, Jen's. Is, yeah. <laughs> let's be real. Like, uh, Jen's I'm about nine tenths. Like, I can't even remember my name sometimes. Yeah, so it's, it's probably a problem. Gets, you know, that's a really good point, though. It, the it, family that's, thing. It's the family thing, really. That's what made me want to do it. It's what made me um, quit a secure job mm. to to try something on my own. And it's it's a it's a really big blessing and. Uh, we've been able, been able to actually hire my sister in the coffee shop. She's one of the, the main baristas that open up every morning. So I, I get the whole, uh, I'm around my family all the time. And it's awesome. it's really cool because uh, my dad growing up was also an entrepreneur and he had a, a few different businesses and he was always around. Uh, I get to hang out with him. So like on my days off, I take my daughter with me and I go pick up milk for the coffee shop and do things like that. And honestly, uh, that's what makes it worth it because I work way more than everybody else. Yeah. Like I, 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 it's... 90 hour week really is like mm-hmm. an easy week for me. And, yeah. and so it's, it's really cool to be able to do it with the people that you love. Yeah. That's awesome. That's freaking awesome. Man. Now, if you want another, the best, the best part about uh, running the business and the coffee shop itself is to actually get people, like you said, to walk in and go, Oh my God, you really do do this. And I have a conversation <laughs> and I get to, I like to talk to people and I like to, to see what their ideas are and what they think about it. The fact that when people tell me that they love the concept and love the idea, that makes me feel really good inside because I, I don't want to be just another uh, another corporate coffee shop or yeah. a corporate wedding venue. We're we're full of personality and character, and I, mm-hmm. I like showing people that, and it's really cool because it's it's just it's fun. I mean, just being able to do it for myself is fun. Yeah, awesome. I think that that's uh, you know obviously we'll dive into it eventually, but I, I think that that's <laughs> kind of something that I've noticed over the last few years is companies have just kind of. And maybe they've always been this way. Maybe I'm just getting older. Maybe I'm actually the boomer that I say that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but companies have just kind of shirked any sort of personality in favor of what they believe society wants them to be. And uh, not to say that we should just be willy-nilly about everything and not have some level of rules. But it's like, look, if I go to somebody who claims that they're going to do something, like if I walk into your coffee shop, I'm going to want to see ammo. Because you're advertising it, you know? I don't care about what the political affiliation is. All I care about is you say what you're offering and then you follow through. And that's the same thing with, I would assume, a podcast or any sort of business. And I feel like a lot of companies, it's kind of like they hide behind today's, like, just popular social movement. Yeah. And it's, it's, it makes them kind of a shell of themselves. I don't know if, like, well, I don't know if you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down here. I'm you're definitely picking, your- no, I'm picking <laughs> up what you're putting down, but... At- I think that there's a an unfortunate consequence to kind of this is an umbrella statement because it's about business in general. There is a significant and I mean, there's a a huge gap between entrepreneurial um, owner operated businesses and even franchises, honestly, because there's this this corporatization aspect of most businesses that you see that try to get everything down to the common denominator. Mm. And I know they do it because it's a formula. It's a formula for a certain amount of revenue, a certain amount of margin, a certain amount of success. And it has worked over time, so people follow that. But what you take out of that is personality. And what you've mentioned over the last five minutes about your family and about hiring, I mean, your, your sister is a barista in the morning, getting to know the community, loving to talk, spending all your waking hours doing this kind of stuff and bringing your family into the mix like that. That is... 
unfortunately becoming more rare. Every day. It needs to go the other way. It, it does. And I think part of what, like we talked about in the last you know couple of years, that, that business has changed. And uh, it's like a drastic change yeah. of, of being like woke and, and of, of paying attention to what they think that the people want. Because I really don't believe that that's really what the people want at all. And when they when they do that you not only lose that personality and that um feeling of like all these people actually care i mean you walk into any business today and nobody cares and nobody wants to be there nobody wants to do their job that's a byproduct of being able to sit at home and get paid to sit at home i mean that's it is what it is i mean people are are expecting to get paid a lot of money to do no work and then when you ask them to do the work they they don't want to do it and they complain and then they write you a bad review and then it's you know cancel culture and it's all down the drain and and that's that's been the biggest factor i think of covid on um big corporations and businesses they want they think that every social justice thing they need to embrace because if not they're going to lose people and i think it's the other way around Mm -hmm. i I think a lot of people i think a lot of people the reason they like me is not only i have really good coffee and and ammo is they like the fact that we're not like that like i i just am not going to say that, that because the social media and, and the trends and everything they want me to say different things and do different things i'm not i'm gonna do the opposite because it's fun and yeah, people yeah. like that and respect that there's a, a, a factor of that too is companies going public mm-hmm. and that that also plays into to that same thing your quality always drops when a company goes public it, the quality drops instantly because they want to try to bring the profits up for the shareholders and then they because of that they have to follow what they think are the trends yeah right. and of course you know the the fringes of our society are always the loudest. They demand the most attention. And if corporations aren't really analyzing that properly, they start twisting and turning with the flow of those kind of conversations. And often, I mean, often wrong doing it. Yeah. But well, they still do it. Well, I think there's also like a suit, because we talked about echo chambers. I think there's like mm-hmm. a pseudo echo chamber created within corporate America, right? Oh. Look, not going to mention anything in detail because I want to make sure that we get views. Um, but uh, but but I think that when it comes to um, you know certain social events over the last few years that have happened, no one thinks any of those things were positive that occurred. You can list out just a long list of them. But what I what I believe is that look, corporations, yeah, it's like what we talked about a little bit ago. Just be who you are and stop trying to please everybody. Because if I go into your shop, I don't like, or if I, hell, let's make a bigger example. If I go into Walmart, which is, or used to be a family owned company, ironically enough, who is now creating the rules for family owned companies by agreeing to what the government tells them to do. um, I don't want to hear them talk about what's going on. I just want to buy a t-shirt or some Red Bull and leave. You know, a t-shirt and Red Bull. That's what I buy normally. That's literally what I buy. Um, So it's, it's just, that's what I expect as a consumer. Now I'm not, I'm sure not everybody's like that, but it's just, I think it's refreshing to hear that from you. And hopefully that is reflected across the board when it comes to small business. Let's be real for a second here though, because I'm always real. No, you're fake most of the time. I I can tell because I never really thought you're a real wolf. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, what I was going to say, when I say, let's be real for a minute, what I'm, what I'm going to drive at here is that, uh, small um, entrepreneurial businesses is how all entrepreneurial businesses start, right? They yeah. start out as a seed and you got to make them grow and you got to do a lot to make them grow. The problem that I see today, and I've, I've started and run a lot of businesses and some of them have been pretty big at, after a period of time. 
but it is becoming so difficult to do so because of the uh, trimming of the margins due to all the regulatory environments that are out there. So what ends up happening is someone like yourself, Kevin, you'll, you'll start this business and you'll start it running and you'll feel all like you're going in the right direction. And then a number of things will come at you to start putting pressure on those margins. And when that happens, you end up kind of going, okay, do I, you know, cut a corner? Mm. Do I do this a little bit different? And then 10 years later, you're the same guy you, you hoped not to be someday. And it's a hard thing not to do. I'm not saying you're headed there. Oh. I'm just saying that's what a lot of people end up finding themselves over time. Yeah. And I don't have the answer to that, except that if you're in Pinal County, for instance, and you're in an environment that's looking for economic growth, that's where you should focus your attention because it's going to be years and years and years and years and years before they're doing anything except to grow, baby, grow. Yeah. Well, you'd say, I would think that that has to be like, I would guess Pinal County is probably uh, the most free market possibly in this area, you know, because it's like a you pseudo know, free market and sort of a west you of know Phoenix is growing like crazy. East of Phoenix is growing more like lenient. Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, which I, think I don't mean, I think it, it's, it's intelligent. It's intelligent. Yeah. Look at the 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 dynamics of, of population growth and, mm-hmm. and construction going on and everything like that. There's so much going on yeah. that it's ripe for entrepreneurs to come and really exploit, not exploit, exploit's the wrong word, but you grow. It's a bad, it gets grow. bad, but yes. It's got a bad connotation, but it shouldn't. No, it should because yeah. you're not, I mean, but yeah, no, to, to it, not exploit it, but just to tap into it, to, mm-hmm. to give the consumer, that's what the free market society is about, giving the consumer what they want. Yeah. And if you can do that and you can give that to them in, a, in an environment that wants to have your business, you, you're able to thrive. And mm-hmm. that's really, really what it is about. Um, you know, cutting red tape is, is kind of the thing that really, if, if we break it down, we need to do more of because our economy would, would be much more successful yeah. and less taxes and different things like that. And you, you can call that political or not, but it's business. That's, yeah. that's just business. I mean, the more, the more cost they add to your product in, in one way or another is what you're going to have to pass on mm. because I'm, I still, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm trying to put food on the table right. and I'm trying to, I'm trying to provide for my family in this way. And when you start, getting taxed and you start having to pay these uh, different fees and do different things like that. I mean, it just, it drives, it drives the cost of, of things up. Um, uh, diesel tax. I mean, think about it. It, it. How many times coffee, it's not, it. my coffee is imported. How many times does a vehicle that needs fossil, fossil fuels that needs fuel to, to run and diesel specifically, how many times it's, it's touched adds a cost to what I do. And that, that if I can, minimize those um, transactions and if i can get a better uh, way of buying things it helps and the the other thing that people really like to say about when they come into the shop is you're not a ten dollar cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and i try to to make sure that i am providing a quality product at a fair price because Mm -hmm. i yeah i could up my prices and i could do those things and sometimes i have to adjust that that's just that's smart business you can't Mm -hmm. not do that but I, I'm not trying to squeeze every single penny out of this because I'm playing a long game. Yeah. I, I'm not playing. I'm not trying to make a, a, a quick sale. I'm trying to gain customers for life, and I'm trying to do that. And think about that in a different way. Yeah. And I, um, I don't know necessarily if I mean Starbucks is just such a 
monstrosity that they can do whatever they want and they set the market. So when somebody comes in and says you're a better product and it's cheaper than Starbucks, they're instantly hooked. And, mm-hmm. and there's a big enough pie for me just to get a crumble. Well, and what's what's what I think is, and this is ties into the philosophy episodes we've done is I, I think the problem because you mentioned shareholders earlier. I think that's true still. I think it's going to change because I think it's going to become stakeholders. And 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 when it comes to companies like Starbucks. I think they've lost, uh, or Walmart or Amazon or, or a lot of these organizations, I think they've lost touch with who their customer base is. Yeah, they've got all the metrics. They have all the data. That is fungible. You can figure out who your customer base is. You can play with the numbers and figure out what it is down to exact T. They're, not a, they're not a coffee shop. No, anymore. they're you not a coffee that, shop. Right? Well, I understand. Uh, so so I guess I guess my, my point being is it, it's, it's, it's just interesting because the experience of walking into a Starbucks is... Uh, like it's, I mean, this is going to kiss the Starbucks sponsorship goodbye. It's so, it's so, it's so stale. It's stale. And, and, and the reason I say that is because it's, it's like they, the people that work there don't have pride in their company because they don't know what their company is. Yeah. That's what I think it comes down to. I think that people have pride in their company when they can understand what their company is, not necessarily what they do, but what it is from the owner's perspective. I think the leadership and the vision and all that trickles down and you can't, do that in a lot of ways at a certain point, not because well, it's impossible, but because the barriers in between the policy, the different mediums of communication kind of just water that stuff down. You know, like I think an experience at like the traditional original Starbucks in Seattle well, is probably different than yeah, I'm sure here, you know, I'm sure. And I, I think you've, you know, you've hit on a, a subject that I pound on all the time, of course, pounding away. I just can't help myself because I'm such an advocate for small business. I really am. I, I belong to a big corporation at, at times. I understand their position in, in the markets and why they are what they are and all that kind of thing. But when you when you continue to see across even the last decade or so, this this uh, all arrows point in the direction of supporting larger and larger companies. Mm-hmm. But 80%-ish of the United States revenue is small business generated. Supposedly. 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 So what, what you have to start looking at is if you if you as a, I don't care if you're countywide, city, state, federal, whatever, if you, if you create a requirement level for all parties in the same business, all you're doing is pushing small business owners completely out of the market. Mm-hmm. Because the large guys, Starbucks, which is actually a bank, not a coffee shop. If you look at the stuff behind them and what wait, they wait, actually wait, wait. do. They're a bank. They're a bank. Does BlackRock own them? No. Not <laughs> BlackRock Coffee. Starbucks, sure. BlackRock, hybrid. I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? If, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you have an app, a Starbucks app, mm-hmm. and you're constantly putting your money in there, it's they're a, holding it for a period of time. Yeah, that's actually a good They point. are a bank. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I, I remember reading about this back when I was a kid, and this is when Sears, if you remember what kind of company What's that, that was. that? Exactly. Was, was it a magazine? During the, during the time when Montgomery Ward, Sears, and JCPenney's ran the retail Was world, Roebuck right? still alive then? <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> perhaps he was. That was before the Willis Tower became the Willis Tower. It was uh, yeah, the Sears yeah, Roebuck yeah, Tower yeah. in Chicago. But the, they, they came out with this wonderful thing called a Discover card. Wow, what is that? I mean, Sears was Discover? Sears is a bank. What the heck? They're the ones that owned Discover and created that specifically because they looked at their business model and said, well, we got all these people captured all the time in our place. We're going to finance it. Why would we outsource that to some other bank? 
Why don't we become the bank? Yep. And that's exactly what people like start. Now, they don't do it by themselves, of course. You have, I knew to some degree some of these things, but you've actually, he's, the bull is blowing my mind. My mind, <laughs> my mind, like, like I, I, have not thought about it that way, but it makes everything way more sinister. Well, the, the, <laughs> it really does. The thing you got to remember is, and this is, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, and I apologize for this, but I always do. Still, you'll yeah. get used to it. Literally, but, always, always. I, I do. Yeah. But the the these these businesses um, are drawn up and designed around uh, originally around people like you and I. You know, that we're, we're doing these things for a particular reason. We have missions, we have goals, we have family members, we have all this kind of stuff. And at some point along the way, whether it's going public or whether something else converging with other, other companies, they morph into this identity that is no longer the owners. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, these different things occur. And I, I don't know the antidote to that. I really don't. Except to continue to, 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 propagate the idea of more and more small business getting at it yeah and not being dictated to by the large well that kind of segues right into our next topic but before we do so i'm going to throw a 99 mile an hour curveball oh, you already had a um, ball. slur ball so well it's a it's a well actually now it's a fastball we've talked about you know your favorite part of running americano ammunition coffee what are the biggest challenges uh the red tape Red I tape. mean, I'll, I'll say it right, right there. It's it's the red tape and the taxes. That's the biggest hurdle that we face. Um, uh, I didn't realize that having to do the taxes, just like the TPT sales tax in the state of Arizona and that kind of stuff was so burdensome. Mm. And it's not only just actually having to pay the taxes, but just, just the, the program to go and to submit in every single step, there's always either another fee or another form you got to fill out. That's the worst part about business in, in general. I, I believe um, that those are the biggest challenges. Um, the other mm. biggest challenges is really trying to give customer that product at that good price it's hard to find that not have to cut corners like how do i do it what do i what do i sacrifice what is it is it the the cup like you you, uh, it cost me like over a dollar per cup just in in, because i want quality cups yeah so do i sacrifice the the cup so the lid the lid pops off or the lid stays on and it falls over in your car and it doesn't spill well it's going to cost me more money so how do i get the best bang for the buck is is another very big challenge of business but red tape yeah red, red tape. tape and cost control it's, right right well cost control yeah. has to be out of control <laughs> uh, as of right now just because with all the the hiccups in the supply well, chain there's, there's, and all that jazz. you know half half the the challenge of owning a business is is trying to budget what you're going to do because it, i mean I, i've known people that have started restaurants mm. because they like to eat yeah wrong reason <laughs> wrong right? wrong reason and they might be the best cook in the world but if you don't know how to market if you don't know how to control your costs if you don't know how to put together logical databases of information so you can pay your taxes and pay your workman's comp and do all the other shit you have to do (laughs) then you're screwing yourself so you're You're gonna be sitting alone and you're telling me that if i want to start my own bank because i love money that's just not it's not how it should go. (laughs) if i have if i want to have what the root of all evil is if i want to have a scrooge mcduck insane room just full of gold coins i shouldn't start a bank is that what you're telling me i can dive into and break all my limbs like in family guy (laughs) 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 one of the best clips of that show is he just just why you know there's there's the best business plan ever 
just be a writer for one of these, uh, these shows, man. Maybe. They can say and do whatever the hell kind they want. Just. Unless it's South Park, that's about it. They're the only ones that can get away with everything. Everyone oh, else is. Everyone else some is of the stuff is so funny. It is, yeah. It is. Well, I had a whole section on coffee talk, inorganic versus organic. We could touch on it briefly uh, if you'd like to, or we could save that for you know another episode with your brewmaster. It's up to you. Let's do that. Okay. Let's let's save that. Let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my guy that uh, roasts, and we'll we'll get him. I in think that would we'll be really pretty cool. Actually. It would be. It would be because it would it would open up a lot of knowledge for me as well. That I well, I mean, I you it's hear about some coffees from other countries that have some wild shit done to them, <laughs> yeah. literally, literally before it gets here. Well, then a little bit of and like then, a then ammunition your, powder. You know, there's your way to upcharge it right there. Just a little <laughs> little ammo powder, yeah. powder. explosive coffee. You can yeah, name it. It's, it's, I'll tell you. You know what you need. Is, is you need to start getting some and sell. Maybe you do. I haven't looked. You, you're selling coffee, um, travel mugs and stuff yet? Yeah, working on it. Okay. Well, we're that, right. Supply chain issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. See, by the way, that's my business. That's, well, that's my biggest thing. I, I Trucking and railroads and all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. what I the do. Amount of, the amount of like stressful grunts and sounds from both you when I'm like talking with you and by proxy my wife, Beowulf, because she's also in the industry, has just, just grown we, we we talked to her. I talked with her yesterday about the potential strike. Well, I just got oh. the, the house just voted against it. Like that means anything, but, <laughs> but basically, what they did is said we're going to give you as much sick time as you want. Go ahead. Well, it wasn't at seven days, wasn't it? Because they wanted three know. days. I didn't, originally. I didn't read it because because you get violently angry. I picks up his <laughs> computer, and punches through it. Yeah, look at him. He's sighing. He's doing the 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 bull sigh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, yeah, see, exactly. I, I, We're not gonna, I don't want to yeah, get into it. We won't it's talk just, about it. I'll go off on a rant, and we won't. Wow. We'll. I'll have to have another coffee before I. <laughs> I'm visibly worried right now about Are how, you, like, like a dangerous worried? proximity. You, what? It's like the Hulk. He's, well, you, you put the a red. Hey, you put a red cape in front of me. What am I going to do? Yeah, I point. am a bull. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I, I think we should we should talk a little bit more about the small business thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, my opinion before we talk with your brewmaster: inorganic versus organic. I think they're both great. And I don't think anyone knows the difference. I think it's a just. I think it's a, it's a red herring. Like because I, I did this uh, marketing. Well, yeah. Marketing. Well, that I did this. Uh, I did this episode. Uh, not an episode. I did a paper for college a long time ago about GMOs versus organic farming. <laughs> There's a, a lot of stuff they don't tell you, um, and not to suggest either is better than the other. Because the argument here, from my perspective, is. You do the organic farming. The people who farm are better off. I grew up the on chemicals. A farm. See, he under see the bull understands. <laughs> he knows where I'm going. The chemicals aren't you know if you do organic aren't for the farmers and their life quality of life is better. But if you do you know if you do organic, then your risk of like dying from something like uh, let's see uh, mycotoxins is higher. So it's like, do I take the risk for having organic coffee? Mycotoxins or, I, mycotoxins or microtoxins? Mycotoxins. Myco? What is a mycotoxin? Uh, it's a toxin. It's and a toxin. It's a myco. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's what it said. Yeah. yeah, we are very informed here. Anybody, all, all you have to do to, to like really blow your mind on all this farming, organic, non-organic, all this stuff is look up what a tomato looked like 100 years ago. Oh, yeah. Or really? carrots. Uh, almost anything tomato just came to my mind it's nothing like you imagine it is today yeah so we have been tweaking the genetics of everything we do for as long as we had the ability to do it we're not going to stop doing that Mm -mm. anybody that thinks otherwise is silly and and if you go in and buy something specifically organic good on you if it's better for you if it's a placebo or if it actually works doesn't matter to me good on you yeah but it's more expensive 
you know, it's, yeah. that's, it, that's a tag. That's a, yeah. that's a tag that they, I believe it's a tag they use to just mm-hmm. add another dollar or two dollars to the cost. Yeah. yeah. And hey, if you're going to do it, do it. I guess yeah, that's exactly. what it's for. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing what placebos will do for the brain. You know, like I, if, if I see a shoe that says Nike on it, as opposed to a shoe that looks like a Nike shoe, I'm going to buy the Nike shoe. <laughs> Man, it's just you gonna, know what placebos do, though? Go ahead. They work. Yeah, they do. Yeah. That's the, 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 everybody's like, oh, I just had, but who wants a placebo on this versus the real thing? Well, there is a reason they call it a placebo. Mm-hmm. It's because it works, which yeah. tells you there's a lot more going on here yeah. than meets the eye. Well, yes. we'll, we'll table the organic because I would, I, I do think that'd be a really fascinating conversation because I would love to know what the differences are and the background because I think it'd be really fun for our listeners and our viewers and also for me because I would love to know how this works. See, I, I think that'd be awesome. But I'm more. I was very excited that you're coming in today because I just love small business stories, and especially you're talking about family and all that. And this, so you guys got the lease on the the cotton gin and yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah, we 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 took over the lease. Um, the the family that actually owns the eight acres that it sits on with the coffee shop and the cotton gin and a few other little businesses there. Um, they've owned it since it uh, Anderson Clayton sold it from being a cotton gin and they, there was a bunch of small businesses that ran in there. There was a tack and feed store. There was a, a tire shop. There was all sorts There's of a candy things. shop or something there too, right? There's well, the, the corner, the sweet Creek. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a boutique. What's a boutique. Oh. I had no uh, idea. It's Never like, known. um, a craft show. Oh, okay. Huh. Oh, permanent. Hmm. Yeah, it's got huh. a lot of different trinkets and different things. Check so, them out, Sweet Creek. Yeah, yeah. well, I was wrong. Shout out. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I no, they're great. You. Nicole yeah. over there, she's great. They're 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 an awesome uh, addition to that that corner. Bring a lot of local vendors in. Uh, they give them a spotlight and kind of let them sell their different things uh, between clothes and and all sorts of great stuff for the holidays. I mean, huh. great, yeah, house decorations and stuff like that. I had so, no idea. Yeah, another no. small business. All all those businesses on those on that corner are all small businesses. They're, that is awesome. they're all just trying to put food on the table and uh, they're all a bunch of really good people and that's what makes it cool. The community part of that is what makes mm-hmm. it really cool. It's a very odd piece of property and and I'm really it's pretty decent it size. That. You said 8 acres right eight there. 8 acres. There's a little 8 uh, acre plot. You know, that's almost big enough to have like a, a whole bunch of different vendors in there at some point. You've, maybe you've done that before. I know you have the gun shows and stuff there. Yes. But, yes, we actually yeah. did. We used to have a, a craft market there uh, that we we held on to for a while, but we got so busy with the wedding side of things gotcha. that we had to we had to do that. And that's when Sweet Creek came around. Is right as we stopped doing the craft shows. So all mm-hmm. of a lot of the vendors that we used to have at our shows are are now permanently in their shop. So That's very cool. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's really cool because um, I think that, like you said, small business, it runs 80% mm-hmm. supposedly. And I think that when you, when you give your money to a small business, you are doing more um, good for your community than anything else because those people live in your neighbors and they're, you yeah. know, ev- everything about small base get away from big corporations and, and the small businesses really is awesome. If we could only figure out a way to, uh, get the government to want to to make that a thing, but they <laughs> see that really being, that's bad yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got a lot of interesting programs for the SBA, yes. uh, and you can. I mean, there's a lot of money. Uh, obviously, the whole PPP thing during the COVID was great for both. <laughs> A lot of people abuse it, of course. There's tons of graft that goes on anytime there's a handout yeah. of any kind. But having said that, there are, there are programs out there. Sometimes I wonder how influential some of those programs are, how accessible they really are. But to your point, a small business, the money made in a small business comes from the community and goes back out into the same community it's mm-hmm. from. 
Large corporations, it rarely works that way. Nope. And that's a huge thing that people don't think about. Well, no. yeah, I, I think we should we, we should segue into the small business versus sure. big business uh, section. So, I looked at the SBA. I went to their website. I read some things. I'm now an expert. <laughs> um, so, the Office of Advocacy states that around 32.5 million small businesses exist in the U.S. Prior to the year, our Lord COVID, um, these small businesses accounted for half of the GDP and jobs in America. Per what you mentioned, 81% of them, or around 26.4 million, have no employees and are termed non-employer firms, while the remaining 19%, around 6 million, have paid employees or employer firms. The other half of the economy is concentrated in over 20,000 large businesses. Many would think, now due to the sheer number of small businesses, that that influence would have some sort of impact on federal government policy. Unfortunately, it does not. Um, There's no equal negotiating power, unfortunately, especially when the pandemic hit. Um, And many people would probably think that that was the alternative. Now, I would love to talk about, you know, personally, your experience with, you know, what went on over the last two years. There's anything in particular that kind of stuck out to you. I know that, you know, the atmosphere of, you know, Pinal County and, and Arizona is much different than some states. But based on, you know, some of the stuff that I'm reading, it doesn't seem like a lot of the numbers that the SBA is pushing still uh, are up to date. They're referencing stuff from 2017, 2018. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of small businesses that didn't survive. that didn't make it. And that's really, it, it's, it's a tough thing. Um, if you're not able to adapt and figure out where you need to be, you're never going to succeed in it. And unfortunately the, the COVID thing was a, a massive curveball. I mean, it just, you, who would have sitting back and, and thinking about the last two years, I, I don't even I couldn't have ever even thought that it would have gotten to this point. Mm-hmm. Like I knew it was going to get bad, but I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, we were actually very successful during COVID because Sheriff Lamb, being in Pinal County, he told us we did not need to worry about being shut down. So our wedding venue picked up business because uh, we did uh, funeral services because the churches wow. closed. Um, we did we did wedding ceremonies that other places canceled, and so we did cheap half off weddings and I, and I was as busy as I could, I could have been. And Damn. that was, that was awesome. I mean, uh, Sheriff Lamb had a huge part in the success of all of our businesses. And the reason that we have a coffee shop now in the location we do is because we were able to maintain open status. Wolf has to tell you about his, his so, wedding escapades here. Well, over the last two years. So Beowulf and I, during our Lord COVID, uh, we, uh, <sighs> We got married twice, three times. Uh, we legally got married um, at the you better well, not, get not this the right. courthouse. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember. Make sure well, that I remember. Is right yeah, on. Yeah, the courthouse was like a few months before the actual. I want to say it was like a month before the actual date. I don't remember. That's that. where you just had to where we signed that. the paper and we were like we were married at that point. Our actual wedding happened in their backyard on the most patriotic weekend of all time. Technically July third, but July fourth. Um, that's how I'm going to remember is America. Eagle screamed over us. <laughs> you know, as, as I said, I do, and Beowulf said I do. And Eagle flew down, and you know, it handed us some ammunition and <laughs> some coffee. It was great. It was phenomenal. It was just the most incredible experience. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got we 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 had a just it was like pulling hair trying to get vendors, trying to get people to to come through, and eventually we found some people who did a phenomenal job. 
They did. With that being said, prior to doing the thing in their backyard, which was kind of a last minute thing because of COVID, we were originally going to get uh, married uh, over uh, over the pond yonder in 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 Hawaii, oh. and uh, we couldn't back out without losing a significant amount of money. So we basically had a second wedding photo shoot at a venue that no longer, because of the state of Hawaii, can offer weddings. Wow. They yeah. because of what you just said earlier. They now they still do other things. They're doing some lagging they ones had from so like so many things canceled mm-hmm. and they had to sit and do nothing for so long and the vendors went out and well, it's did other of red things. tape as well. All of that. They're basically out of the wedding business now. And I mean, we lived in Cal- Southern California at the time and over the last two years, there was there was a coffee what was the name of the coffee shop in, in Escondido? Coffee with a K. Coffee with was that what it's called? Coffee, Coffee shop. Uh, you might have you might have heard or seen about the owner. He made news. national news. Um, they, I think they were tied somehow uh, with being outspoken. Because um, well, they refused to close. Yeah, it was oh, something they got oh, all kinds. Okay. Of I think you you may have heard about it. But but, it, but the whole point is is these were all. I mean, I, I think everybody at the beginning of the pandemic went. Coffee okay, go. we're going to do what we can for a few weeks to survive this. We're all in this together. I'm thinking every, most everybody thought that. Way. I can't believe you said that phrase. I've stopped saying it entirely. Uh, not I'm even in my saying, vernacular anymore. It because because yeah. I remember Beowulf watching High School Musical yeah, and hearing they the background of you know. Yeah, Zach Efron was part of the planning process of that exact phrase. Yeah, that America decided to adopt. Now he's traveling for some the reason. world, getting didn't he get stung by a. Yeah, he was like almost killed in Australia or something, wasn't he? Maybe. I don't know. Zach. I got all this junk flying around yeah, my Zach, head. Hopefully I, you're okay. I, I think, think he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Troy Bolton's all right. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, he's always Troy. He's Troy in my heart. But yeah, anyway, these, these these businesses, they went out of business because they were non-essential. Yeah. Which is Whatever the hell that means. Yeah, yeah. What, is, you know, what is essential? Not Target essential. was essential. A 20,000, yeah, all those 20,000 yeah. big businesses are surely essential. That's right. So, but not me. so yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate part about but, it. I want to, I want to throw in something here. This is, are you throwing a curveball now? No, it's not a curveball. It's something I've mentioned before. You haven't heard softball it, pitch. No, I, I, let me see. It was a Gaylord Perry. Yeah. He was the knuckleball expert died today. 90, are you serious? 87 years old. Yeah. That's why I was going to say this is a knuckleball. You know, for the, Rip. Yeah. Like I said, I got a lot of junk flying around yeah, my head. I yeah, don't know where if it's are all you? right or wrong. Well, anyway, knuckleball <laughs> party. Let's go. So, so um, oh, geez, it, no, just, it just went in and out. <laughs> <of my laughs> it's just like a knuckleball. <laughs> like a knuckleball. <laughs> Good old no, Gaylord no, the, threw a hard the, one, the man. The fact <laughs> of the matter is you've got to think about why there's so much pressure to support big business and not support small business. Because there's a lot of whys to that. Mm-hmm. The number one why is regulatory capture, which is basically a form of cyclical uh, influencing monetarily to governmental agencies that regulate the same businesses that they're getting getting elected into. That's regulatory capture. Lobbying. So, but think about it this way. You mentioned that out of those 81% of the small businesses, at least three-quarter of them, I don't remember the number you just said, well, but about three-quarters of them were, were non-employee. Uh, paper, paper, paper. Um, yeah, the number doesn't matter. The the number really doesn't matter. Just a whole lot. Three quarters, twenty six point four million. So unpack that a little bit. That's at least one person on millions and millions of small businesses Mm -hmm. that don't pay a dime for a particular type of insurance. Workman's comp. Workman's comp. And so in California. 
since their AB5 went through and all, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, How do you get everybody to start paying insurance? You can't. You make them employees. That's what you do. So there's just another way for the various governmental agencies that want to see new revenue come in to supply their general coffers or some specific boondoggle that they want to do. It's just another way to grab money. And that's another cost that you and I are going to be burdened with. Yep. Well, me too. I mean, I, I'm going to go and, you know, try and buy a coffee. It's going to be $75. I'm well, going to go and get a bottle example. of water. It's going to be 800 you're, you're the perfect example because you're Mr. Lone Wolf, right? That's true. Yeah. That's so true. you don't have to pay workman's comp on your on your. I don't. It, well, I, I just think it, the, the unfortunate part, too, on that is I think that I personally think the the non-employee companies inflate the numbers a little bit to make it a little bit more digestible when it comes to how many companies have gone out of business, you know, because what do you mean? If you don't have any employees, well, it's, you know, it's also the definition of what yeah. a business really is, because you can have a DBA, you can do it under your own social, you can start a corporation or an LLC, you can do a lot of different things. Well, you have things, to imagine but, like at least 750,000 of those companies are all OnlyFans people. So, I mean, there, you take that out, <laughs> then the number goes down a little bit. I'm a TikTok influencer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think there's a lot of inflationary uh, metrics here, but I do think, you know, to the point that you mentioned a second ago, those big corporations have lobbying power up the yin-yang, um, and that makes them a government ally, in my opinion, uh, unfortunately, because it, it's it's very coercive in a lot of ways, where if I want to go to mom and pop shop to get something, but it's shut down because of uh, whatever the next fucking problem is, uh, out-of-control race car drivers, that's going to be the next pandemic um because it's shut down then i'm forced to go to target and all the revenue that would have gone to the small business then gets captured by the targets and the amazons of the world now to your point the big companies were deemed essential which allowed them to stay open not sure why because normally you'd think that all of the bacteria would coagulate around a place where a lot of people go but don't don't ask that question while small businesses were forced to close partially or completely um spending which could no longer be done at the small mom and pop stores was eventually stores was eventually done at the big businesses so i think that that's a uh, the unfortunate byproduct that everyone and their brother will probably be talking about till the end of time i'm sure there'll be classes on this a decade or two later from here just all, because all you really so have wild. to do is look at the the number of new giant amazon warehouses that mm. were put in yeah, the planes they bought, everything it, to yeah. see what happened. And I'm not, an, I'm not sitting here saying I don't like to get at my Amazon pack. Are they doing layoffs right now? Everybody's yeah. doing layoffs. Yeah. Here it comes, guys. Here, oh yeah, oh, I mean you can see it a mile away. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my work, my wife works for a, a large tech company in the state, and it's coming for them too. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, they were just just a few years ago, right before this COVID thing, they were hiring. And you, they were trying to steal people from other other tech companies, mm-hmm. and they were giving them as much of a bonus, and they were trying to get them. And now it's like flip switch. Well, and well, I, I mean, I told people well, that when they were jumping off, I had some people. I had some drivers and things leave my trucking company because somebody was offering them $5 more an hour. And I went, okay. Yeah. Last over there, you're going to be the first to go. Yep. They're all gone. Well, the, the reality is this, this, the last two years kind of created this weird cycle of problems that we're going to continue facing. Cause you got the big companies that have most of the employee base for the most point, in my perspective, they have a huge employee base. They have the deep pockets to pay for nonsense and have, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like, wine Wednesdays and, 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 you know, puffed up sofa 
Saturdays, you know, like, so like it's, it's, they have the money for all that stuff. And the people go there to get hired, as you were saying, to get paid a lot of money. And then they get fired only to try and return them on pops places that can't hire them. Yeah. So it's like, here's the answer. This is the answer that I think. Oh, you got one. I have okay. one. The IRS is going to hire 87,000 of you to work for them. And I think that'll be the answer. That's all this is, is just to try and balloon the corporation up so they can be more effective. The DMV will have a 500,000 new employee base. It's going to be great. Wow. That's what I think it is. Everything comes back to the IRS. Everything. Everything does, unfortunately. It really does. Death and taxes. (laughs) yeah so uh on the metrics that i polled uh, very interesting metrics i think we should talk about so in october of 2020 the sba released some information on the current amount of businesses in the united states uh and they sourced this information from 2017 so they pushed this information out in october of 2020 (laughs) and they sourced it from uh from october uh 2017 and about that time there's around 32 31 and a half million businesses in the United States. Uh, the net new jobs from 2000 to 2019 was uh, 10.5 uh, million for small businesses and 5.6 for large businesses. And then the quarterly small business job gains uh, at 1992 to 2019, kind of steady. There was a dip in 2009. I wonder what happened there. Um, but for the most part, it was kind of steady up until 2018. Now, I looked at their next little report that came out in april of i believe 2021 and what they did is they sourced information all the way up to 2018 on the amount of small businesses in the country so they're right around 33 million um and then they went when it came to the new net new jobs 1995 to 2020 small businesses was 12.7 million and large businesses was 7.9 so there's a little bit of a jump there and then the thing that gets me is the quarterly small business job gains from 2000 to 2020, they show this massive dip at around probably 2019, early 2020, and then a rebound, and they've cut off the rest of the graph, and the graph looks like it it's starts to go going down. down. So my biggest thing is, when do you guys think we are finally going to actually see the accurate numbers? Because data that I looked at later from again, April of 2021, talks about how nationally 34% of small businesses are closed compared to January of 2020. 34%. And that is just blended average. In places like, dear God, San Francisco, it's 48%. Or in, uh, let's see, uh, New York City, it's 42%. And in our God-fearing Phoenix, it's 31%. So my question is, what, what, what's the actual numbers? Because I don't think we have them. You don't have them, and you'll never have them. There's, there's a lot of stuff for that that's going to go unreported because mm-hmm. uh, you just, you're just not going to see it. They're not going to tell you how bad it was because if you had the right data and the right people looked at it and saw it, they'd go, "What the fuck did you guys do to us?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just don't think it'll ever. That'll I, ever I remember see. back when I went to university hundred years ago, uh, I took a stats class. Yeah, we used an abacus at the time. Well, you rolled there in your uh, your Flintstones car with the. Yeah, I know. I, that's why I got such calluses on the my circle feet, right? wheels, rock wheels. Then or were they, they were still square. Square time. Yeah, okay, gotcha. You know, makes sense. Right before the circle yeah. revolution. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> you skipped right over the triangle one, went straight to circles, which is <laughs> thank God right. for us. I mean, you know, I know my geometry. Yeah, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> don't ask me. So, but. Uh, I, what the hell is I going to say now? When you're uh, in college, class. stats class. Yeah. He does this to me all the time. He throws me off base, and he does it on purpose. You deal with stats. the most curveballs yeah. for me. You really do. Yeah. Swerve so. balls. 
Anyway, uh-huh. stats class. Stats class. <laughs> Those who own the stats own how to show the stats. Mm. That's all it's really about. And, you know, these, these uh, government statisticians, they are who they are. They're, they're, they may be biased, they may be not biased. They're throwing a bunch of stats together, but it's how they're presented that's, that's advocates the, the direction we're going. And the number of small businesses, non-employee small businesses versus employee small, all those things are interesting, but you have to define what the hell that means. Like we talked about a minute ago, are these DBAs or these people that are opening an Etsy shop? You know, is it somebody that just threw up a bunch of stuff on eBay originally as Look, a garage Poshmark, sale? And I'll have, I'll I'm have making to tons on Poshmark right But see, now. <laughs> there's, I'm just using this as a tiny little micro example. You used to be able to put stuff up on eBay. And if you make under, at the time, if you made under $600 a year on that, you're just doing it like you would a garage sale. You make over that, you are a business now. You have to be qualified as a business now. And if somebody has those numbers, they can chase you for... Taxes. Taxes. Why do you think they're trying to go to a non-paper uh, currency kind of scenario mm. coming up? They want to track you. They want if if you have a Venmo account and you put down something in your Venmo and it's business related, they have something you can track back. And I say they as some ubiquitous they out there. That's I'm not talking Klaus Schwab. Exactly. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm everywhere. <laughs> He's like he is like that. The He's WEF like is your new religion. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that's yeah. probably what he would maybe, want. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Isn't he like 800 years old or something like that? Possibly. Drinking he children's be, blood to stay alive. He could possibly be one of those <laughs> from the, yeah. uh, what was the, the series of vampire movies. That was oh, like, with like a what, Kate Beckinsale. Kate, yeah. Like the greatest Kate, actress of all time. She is the greatest actress of yeah, all time. Yeah. Especially in that outfit. Yeah. But that's Her and Alexandria Diodario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But in any event, my my whole point is is that you you can't believe this stuff. You've got to be able to go to multiple. So it's it's kind of like social media today. If we talked about an echo chamber when we first started talking, if you want an echo chamber and you want to believe all the shit that's in your head is right, you can find an echo chamber to give you that validation. Mm. But if you want to be like a real person, a logical person, trying to figure out what real and what's not, then look to multiple sources. Pull stuff off the you know, SBA, pull stuff from different sources of information that you can get to and kind of use your own brain to determine what the hell's going on yeah. and then take your steps. It's like, it's like with your small business. I, I don't know how, how exactly you started it. I know that when I started my first one, I did a terrible job of planning. <laughs> terrible. And I'm kind of known for my planning as a person. You got to loan those like little tickler files, right? And now it's a BlackBerry? Actually, my first business I had, it was a Palm Pilot. Oh, God. You guys remember wow. that freaking thing? No, I don't. I oh, know yeah. what it is, but I don't yeah. remember it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it in I, photos. I, still, I wish I'd have kept the phone, my first cell phone. It was one of those giant brick things. Worth millions now. Where you now. could feel the, like the radiation on the <laughs> side of your head. So, but but my, I was terrible business planning. And if, if I had to go back and tell my younger self what to do, I'd have said, sit down at the time, probably with a piece of paper, since I really didn't think about computers that much at the time. But I would have said, plan this thing out, go over the what-if scenarios, come up with it. Don't be Mr. Conservative. I'm not saying that, but know what the hell you're getting into before you get into it. Because I can tell you that I, my first business, I was I was doing so much revenue, just revenue, revenue, revenue. And I was adding employees and paying this. And it took me a long time before I realized that if any of that revenue slowed down or stopped, I was dead. Mm. Just dead. like that. I mean, 
Yeah, so you've got to really analyze your shit. I think that, that that's definitely some of the... <clears throat> being in business with family, my, my grandfather actually had a few businesses as well. He <coughs> owned a couple um, uh, gas stations and, and convenience stores in the Valley, and then um, my, they started a parking lot sweeping business and did a few other different ventures, and that's a lot of the stuff that um, I've been blessed to not have to really learn myself because my dad has been able to step in and say, hey, think about this and do this, and that's the mentorship from, from him on, on that kind of thing is, is very true, but um, yeah, he he went. He was in a business that that one day the revenue stopped. They were doing they were doing a lot of a lot of money, and overnight the contract was canceled, and that was it. And mm-hmm. it was like a whole shift of of what are we doing next? And that's where we came into the gun shows. Is, is at that point, and um, I think that we have uh, really been able to pull off that from his success and from yeah. his failures, and and learn that kind of thing. Uh, but I think that, yeah, you're right. Like I still, we, we tried to do as much planning. My, like I said, my wife is, is half three quarters, seven eighths of, of my brain. And she's <laughs> done a lot of planning and done a lot of things mm-hmm. like that. But there's still stuff that like with the, with the whole COVID thing that it was just a curveball. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, we're learning. We're, st- I still don't know what I don't know. I mean, it's that kind of, um, uh, perspective to look back and be able to see like, Hey, I made it through this, but what lessons can I take from that? And what lessons can I do from that? But you're exactly right. If that revenue stream stops, like that's it, you're done. So how do you diversify? How do you get into multiple, multiple markets and do different things? I'm in a wedding venue. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in gun shows. I'm in coffee and ammo sales. I'm trying to put my eggs in different baskets that will hopefully be able to, to keep us going no matter what, kind of right. bullshit comes down the road of where are they going to close us next? And what are you know, I, I actually think you might have hit on what would be a part of the real answer for small business that is just not out there to a very large degree, and that is some sort of mentorship programs. I mean, true mentorship programs. Mm-hmm. And if, 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 because there's a ton of people out there that want to do their own thing. At one time in the United States, this was at, it used to be the American dream was own your own house. And, you know, the government did what it could to make that happen for a lot of people. And we had the 2008 bomb partly because of it. Now Klaus Schwab is taking <laughs> it away. In BlackRock, right? Oh, Not yes. the BlackRock coffee, but the other BlackRock. Good old Larry Page. But, you know, that, that, so, but, the, but the other American dream was kind of to own your own business. But as, I, as you talked about with the, the guy that tried to uh, open his own restaurant and just because he liked to eat if he'd have had a program to fit into where he was an apprentice to somebody for a yeah. period of time he'd probably be successful or at least had a much better chance of being successful because i don't know what the stats are but it used to be like one in every five businesses open would fail oh it's the first it's, five it's, years. it's higher now it's Is like it? it's a, so in the first year I, I don't i don't have the stats of like on the paper i chose not to i omitted them for some reason um 80 something percent last in the first year wow. and then it drops to like 20 something in year two or three. So a revolving door. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think that, you know, I think that's a, from both of you to end, because we're, we're coming up right up on, you know, the end of the, the conversation. Kevin, what advice would you give to new business owners? I know that you're still, you don't know what you don't know when you're still learning, but is there anything that if you could go back, you know, to yourself two and a half, three, four years ago, what would you tell yourself? And then we'll go to you, Bull, because you, you've got like, a hundred or so year of experience, <laughs> like hundreds of years, really. Uh, you know, I would, 
I would go back into the start of this and, and tell myself to um, really be conscious of costs. I think that was the biggest thing during our construction phase of our of our shop and our project was there was a lot of different things that I spent money on thinking it was going to be good for the business that ended up not. And I put us in a kind of a hard financial position in the beginning of this is we didn't take out any loans. We paid for everything up, up front, but there were some, some costs that we had to redo in, in construction and things like that. So think about plan more. Plan more and think about how um, certain purchases are going to affect the future and how, what position that's going to put you in when you start. Mm-hmm. Coffee is expensive. Restaurants are very expensive. Coffee's yeah. I, there's a Hyundai Sonata sitting on the on the tabletop of my coffee shop that makes the espresso. I mean that's they're they're ridiculous expensive and you don't know that and you don't understand that until you really dive into this. And like I said, I, I had no I I have no business being in business, but. Coming in and, and learning this, I've learned a lot, and I, I have a lot of respect for small businesses now, more so than I had before, especially small restaurants and different things like that. The cost uh, that yeah. it takes to run that is just insane. And, and you think about it, one of the main goals for small businesses is to what? To be a larger business, right? And some people want, you know, I want a little coffee shop and a bookstore because I like to read and I like to drink coffee, and, and I've got enough money to, to retire and do that. But that's not most people. No. Most people are starting something to grow. Some people yeah, want so, a bank that they can take gold coins from, jump exactly. into in their own house. Exactly. And that's, but if, you know, if, I mean, I could give advice. Exponential dreams. I need to listen to my own advice most of the time. But, I, you know, there was, there was a saying I learned a long time ago, and it was uh, put your goals in cement, but your plans in sand. Hmm. And what that really means is that if you have a vision for your future and you really, really want it, earn it, then put it in cement, draw, draw it in cement, let it harden. That is where I'm going to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dear God. Wow. That wasn't, I wasn't cracking up. That was just the voice. Start crack. all over. So now. I wasn't getting too emotional. There. <laughs> <laughs> but if you put your, your goals in cement, but you understand that from here to here, it's not a straight line. Hmm. Your plans are going to change on the way. There's circumstances going to hit you. It might be the next pandemic. It might be the employee that tried to abscond with half your money. Could be all kinds of things. I've had most of it happen to me. So you got to be willing to change your plans if you really, really want that goal you're after. Yeah. Well, I didn't provide any advice, so I'll probably provide any advice. I'll, pro- I'll provide some. For the 95% of single males out there, it's probably your crippling addiction to OnlyFans. Just cut it off. <laughs> Just find something else. Put the money, the 5 to 10 to $35 that you're giving those TikTok thoughts, put it into your own company. Do something. Be- become a bank. Ever thought about that? Maybe not. But yeah. That's my contribution because I wanted to be a part of the club. But uh, Kevin, it has been wonderful talking with you. Thank you very much. Yes. It's been um, very fun. It has been. I think. I think we we should near future uh, for season three, Wolf and Bull. We can have uh, the, the 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 barista special. barista the the expert oh. behind the curtains. Oh, we could do that. Come in. We can talk about. Uh, we can talk about you know coffee in detail. You know, it's it's funny because I I have a friend of mine. That he lives over in China. As a matter of fact, the ex British military guy, and he. I'll have to call him to verify this entirely, but I know at one time he was making specific machines to sell to, and it was everybody but Starbucks over here. Hmm. So it was the, it was the machines you're talking about over there. So he has a lot of experts. Well, all I know is I'm in the wrong business apparently because it's dear big times. Well, how think about a good cup of coffee. Like he's got going on. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Word of mouth is worth 
everything. There's been days where I would punch get a, over there and buy some of his yeah, coffee, buy some of it. his ammo. Please. Do it. And if if you if you're not married, get married there. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is a that is a good suggestion. Really, it is. Uh, I mean, I know for a fact that there's been days where I would punch a small baby bear in the face for a cup of small baby show. bear, small baby small. bear. Like um, don't only you can prevent forest fires. Apparently, he's Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Bop right in the face, you know, for a good cup of Joe. So, but yeah, Kevin, it's been great. I think this episode is going to provide our listeners and our viewers with some insight, you know, into what it's like to run a small business. Uh, I know that, you know, it's not something that people normally think about all day, every day. And I think that it's uh, good to kind of get that insight and that perception. Um, Cause then you can appreciate the small businesses around you, your community, and you can uh, stop giving all of your wages to companies like uh, Amazon that definitely have your best interest at heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, for our listeners, where can they find you? How can they uh, support the Americano ammunition coffee company? We are 1522 West Ocotillo in Queen Creek. Uh, we are uh, online at ammoandcoffee.com. We're just getting ready to start our online sales of our, our different coffee blends. Mm-hmm. So you can order that and do that up. Um, but come by the shop and come check us out. <clears throat> Especially if you're uh, if you're local or if you're not. I get a lot of people that uh, are coming into town just visiting for the holidays to come check me out. And they've uh, bought coffee and taken it home with them. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get you your fix wherever you need. That is awesome. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Legal drug usage. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, I think it's been a great episode. Uh, mm-hmm. For our listeners and our viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you. Namaste to the Wolf and Bull family. Um, it's been a wonderful conversation. We'll do this again soon. And uh, we, will, we won't see you next week. We're kind of, Bull and I are kind of going on a, a trip. So uh, early-ish kind of happy holiday season. Uh, I mean, it's this episode is going to come out towards the end of December. So happy Christmas, New Year time. Um, that's <laughs> my wishes to you. But yeah, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you very soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Wolf and Bull podcast. Our team here at the Wolf and Bull and Dearmore Media are so happy you spent some time with us. If you liked this episode, please leave a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. A review will help grow our show and we'd love for you to be a part of our family. If you'd like more content from the Wolf and Bull, you can find it at our Instagram at the Wolf and Bull and on YouTube and Rumble via the Wolf and Bull. Thank you again and we'll see you next week.